0: It's Friday, November 10th. I'm Scott Zine, and,
1: and I'm AJ Hoffman.
0: The Bears win on Thursday Night Football,
1: and a big night of college hoops ahead. Here comes the Vegas troop.
0: This is straight out of Vegas.
1: This
0: is We are straight out of Vegas AM, your daily destination for sports conversation with a Vegas lean. Here's what you need to know to start your day.
1: Bears hang on to beat the Panthers in an absolute thriller.
0: Giannis with a big night, but the Bucks fall.
1: And Louisville hangs on to beat Virginia in college football. What is the Vegas lead here, Scott?
0: We'll start with Thursday Night Football kicking off week 10 of the NFL action. The Bears holding off the Panthers Sixteen thirteen, the final. As it was a boring night for maybe fantasy players, but a big night for the Wise Guy Roundtable.
1: Yeah, we. Uh, if you listened to yesterday's show, you played played a little DraftKings same game parlay. You're probably feeling pretty good today. Almost a sweep, not quite. We uh, we we won our base play at plus four seventy five. Yes, we gave out a
0: core. Same-game parlay, a three-leg, same-game parlay at plus 475, which was? Comet over 35-and-a-half. Finished with 45 yards.
1: Thielen, under 68-and-a-half.
0: He finished with 42 yards.
1: Panthers, under 17-and-a-half points.
0: He finished with 13. That is a win. That's plus
1: 475. We had a full unit on that.
0: Full unit, win 475. We're happy.
1: That's happy. Now, we said, let's take those core three and let's take big swings. Let's add one piece to those core yep. three. And we, at, we did three of those, a third of a unit on each. The first one was DJ Moore under 52 and a half yards. And that was a loser. He
0: finished with 58 yards.
1: That was for plus 950, but it doesn't matter. It cost us a third of a unit.
0: So do ta- the 475 that we won, minus 33, we're still okay.
1: Okay. Over one and a half field goals for Pinero, plus 1300.
0: Now that was mine. My field goal. Well played. Bob, you got to give me, you give me yeah. my love for that. Now, a uh, side note for this, because I was happy that our listeners hit this, but I tweeted out last night, I was sick to my stomach because I played a same-game parlay. Now, there's different offerings here in Vegas than there is – we don't have DraftKings. Right. Um, you know, William Hill, though, and Caesars do offer the ability to do same-game parlays, but some of the offerings are not the same. Sure. Can't different do odds. things, yeah. there's different odds, different payouts, and things like that. So I played a same-game parlay on uh, William Hill and Caesars where I had Cole Komet over three-and-a-half receptions. That cashed. Yeah. I was happy about that. And then I had Miles Sanders over one-and-a-half catches. That cashed. I had the Eddie Pinheiro over one-and-a-half field goals. That cashed. I had Dante Foreman over 15-and-a-half carries. That cashed. That cashed.
1: Yeah, Looking good.
0: And then I had Cairo Santos over one and a half field goals. And that ca- No.
1: But he had three field goals.
0: No, I, I didn't click over one and a half field goals. I did one and a half extra points. And he only had one extra point.
1: So my plus
0: 1,900 bomb shot lost.
1: Plus nineteen hundred bomb shot Lost. in the bonfire.
0: Yeah, damn. Well, let's talk about what we did win last night on the Wise Guy Roundtable and here on Straight Out of Vegas.
1: We had one more, and it was uh, under twenty or under two and a half turnovers in the game as well, and that took us to plus nine fifty. So with a plus thirteen hundred and a plus nine uh, plus nine fifty, that added a, a
0: third a third a of a third unit, unit each. Unit each.
1: Yes. So if you take all the winnings, take out the one losing mm-hmm. third of a unit. A hundred dollar better last night made one thousand one hundred ninety one dollars.
0: That's a pretty good night.
1: That is a pretty damn good night, friend. Now
0: add that to the plus five hundred we gave out last week and earlier in the season when we hit the same game part. We're night. so
1: far up now on the same like all the, it, again. It, t- it took two weeks in a row. No complaints.
0: We, we, There's no complaints uh, anymore. The
1: what was the second one we hit? Yeah, and we were like, "Okay, this is easy," <laughs> and then like the next four weeks, nothing, crickets. A little more than four weeks, and people yeah. are like, "Oh, what's going on here? What's going on?"
0: You work for their sportsbooks, uh-huh. man. You just want them to win money. Uh
1: huh. And then all it takes, back to back bangers, and all of a sudden, DraftKings got to be reconsidering this whole thing.
0: Yeah, they're calling us up. Like, guys, guys, you can't be giving out these winners. Like, what are you doing? But
1: listen, we had a listener who sent sent us a screenshot last night. He put 500 down mm-hmm. on using like a a mixture of some of the props that we gave out. Yep, made 20k.
0: Yeah,
1: DraftKings can't be thrilled. He's about coming that. out here. He
0: said that's what he said. He, he said he's coming wins. out here with Come the on winnings. Out, baby. And he's gonna join us in studio Good. and and watch the Wise Guy Roundtable. Good. Congratulations. Hope you bring some pizza or something. That'd be
1: nice. Yeah, 20k. Yeah. I mean, yeah.
0: It'd be nice. <laughs> <laughs> Get some pizza. Uh, but let's talk about the game last night. It, it, it was a dud fest. I don't feel, even though it was a three-point game, it just never felt like the Bears were ever in jeopardy of losing this game because the Panthers could do absolutely nothing on offense.
1: Yeah, I, I felt that way until the final drive. And there was a couple of penalties that kept the drive moving along, yeah. and I was like, oh, maybe, they, maybe they're going to do something here. And, of course, they didn't. Um, but they they got a fourth down conversion, and I was like, okay, they're going to keep things going. Got a penalty, got another first down. And I'm like, okay. And I was worried they were going to keep feeding Thielen I was like, "No, go away from him." Go, away. <laughs> but I didn't really care at that point because my like none of it would have really been changed, other than the the final result of the game. Like the the Panthers would have won the game, but they were going to cover no matter what was going on. They they kick, the, really the chance for them not to cover came when they kicked the field goal at the end. I didn't understand that because
0: if you were, and I understand that the the game plan was never to kick the field goal. There, you want to get the first sure. down on third down, but if you were comfortable sending him out there for a 59-yarder, don't you get four or five yards on third down? Yeah. Like, run a draw play? And and then, because you know what? I understand we put the ball in the hands of Bryce Young. He made a poor decision. He threw an incomplete pass, and now it's fourth and 10. But if you run the football there, let's say you get three, four yards. Now it's a decision. You could go for it on fourth down, three, four yards, five yards to go, or you kick a field goal of 55 yards or 54 yards, and maybe you make it.
1: What if you ran the ball and you got two and a half yards on third down? Would you feel good about that?
0: Well, if you were comfortable kicking a fifty-nine yarder, I'm sure you're comfortable kicking a fifty-six and a half
1: yarder. I'm just saying they had done so poorly running the ball last night. Yeah. I don't know that they thought they could get five yards. Okay. So any yards would have made that field goal better. He missed it by a couple of yards. He missed it by six or seven yards. He wasn't making that field. Like it, it wasn't a reason like that that that's why I'm okay with him throwing the ball, because kicking a field goal was like a desperation shot. Yeah. Uh, I mean, unless they, he was he was far enough short that had they had they gotten him close enough better, to kick it,
0: they honestly would have been just better off going for it on fourth down instead of kicking the field goal. Had it had not because, been
1: fourth and ten, yeah.
0: But even if even though it was fourth and ten, because you still had two timeouts left, because they had to use a timeout on the third down to get yep. themselves together, but you still had two timeouts left, and you actually put your defense in a position to get a third down stop and get the football back, right? So, it, not a lot of time, but still down a field goal. I'm not saying punt the football and try to get your defense to stop them and use those two timeouts. But if you go for it on fourth down, maybe you get it. Maybe there's a penalty. And if you don't get it, it's the same thing as missing the field goal. Yeah. And your defense is still in a position to get you the football back.
1: Yeah, I actually – I remember when they went for it on the fourth and one from, like, their 25 or whatever. own,
0: yeah, their own side of the field. There was, like, five and a half minutes, six minutes left in the game. There was enough time to punt. I thought
1: they they were going to punt, and they went for it. I was like, okay, now you're committed to this drive. And they were, which is the right thing to do. Like, Mm -hmm. once you didn't punt there, you have to commit that we're going for it now.
0: But you know what's crazy is, like, that play that they ran on that short yardage play where it was the play action to Sanders, and then Bryce Young rolled out and just ran for the first down? Like... Do that again. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) It worked. Yeah. I don't understand some of the plays that were being run. And I was getting frustrated because I sat here with my Miles Sanders over one and a half catches. And he finished with two catches because he got one on that final drive. But he was coming out of the backfield. And Bryce Young could have just given it to him like every time. And, And maybe he makes a man miss and gains some positive yardage or it's just a 2 yard 3 yard completion and that becomes your running game. The Chicago Bears were one of the worst coming into this game last night. One of the worst defenses in the NFL in opposing against opposing running backs catching the football out of the backfield. Last night Miles Sanders had two catches, Chuba Hubbard had two catches. That's it. Like wh- how do as an offensive coordinator or how do you not just say We need to design plays to get the football in the hands of our running backs because Chicago has proven all year that they can't stop running backs coming out of the backfield.
1: I'm with you. I think part of it is they realize that the running back, and you saw this a lot last night, the running backs were kept in as blockers. There wasn't much of an option for them to go out into routes. There's a real problem. Like, obviously there's a real problem with this Carolina offense. The truth of it is I think they're starting to see that maybe Bryce Young isn't the answer. And, the problem for Carolina is Bryce Young has to be the answer. There's no takebacks. There's no whoopsie, let's try again this year. Like Bryce Young has to work, or else. And right now it's looking like or else is a real possibility. I was thinking back. So the the final drive that Carolina had where they missed a field goal took up five and a half minutes. Um they had a span of drives from the middle of the second quarter to the middle of the third quarter that went 59 seconds punt 154 punt 103 punt 158 punt 207 punt like and these 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 yard the yardage is like 30 -5 minus -4 minus 21 -6 like You can't – that's not real offense. That's not the NFL. And then finally, the the last drive, it's like, why are they taking their sweet-ass time? And then finally, they put together a long, sustained drive and, of course, cap it off with a missed field goal. But it was weird that all of a sudden, whatever they were doing late in the game where they were kind of slowed things down, seemed to be working for them, at least better than what, what they were doing for most of the game, trying to get to the line and make something happen fast. All it did was just get their ass kicked in time of possession, uh, and it, it really it didn't give them a chance to compete in this game. They held the ball for 26 minutes, and that's not enough, especially against this Bears team. Like, he, I don't know. It, it, it was a real problem last night, and it's going to be a real problem going forward. They don't have the right weapons. They it, Losing DJ Moore is brutal. Like, Adam Thielen's fine. He's not a number one wide receiver. Mingo's a, a rookie. I don't know when he's going to be any good. Mm-hmm. That You need to surround your quarterback, your franchise quarterback with real weapons, and they just don't have any. Even the running backs, like Miles Sanders and Chuba Hubbard are just guys. Yeah, Neither one of those guys is going to make a difference for you. So they they have to – and they don't have any draft picks to do it. So they're going to have to go spend some of this billionaire's money.
0: That's why last night was such a huge win for the Bears because they –
1: I think the best result for the Bears would have been a tie, actually.
0: (laughs) Well, no, because the Bears have the Panthers' picks. So now by beating the Panthers – that that gives the Bears a better chance of getting the number one overall pick. Right, but wouldn't the Bears have liked to keep their pick pretty good too? Yeah,
1: I guess <laughs> <laughs> so. A tie gives you
0: the best of both
1: worlds. Yeah,
0: but the goal here is to get. I think you're okay if you have one in one in <laughs> if you so you don't have one in two. I think you'll take one in three. Would you rather have one in three or two in three?
1: I'd rather have one in three.
0: Right. Yeah. So,
1: like, Actually, if it's anything like last year, I'd rather have two and three. Those seem to be better. <laughs>
0: yeah. Those
1: seem to work a lot better than one did. Well, the Bears so. are going to
0: have some decisions to make because um, Justin Fields, if you have, listen, if you're the Bears, you have an opportunity, if you have the number one overall pick. I think you got to draft it and get I, Justin Fields. I think
1: so, too. But I also think we saw, like, we've seen over the last two weeks, Tyson Bajan isn't, no. An answer like I, 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 there was somebody saying like oh maybe maybe they found their quarterback this is not the quarterback of their future no. like you can't be as bad as the Bears are and beat the Panthers by three points and say yeah we feel good with this guy mm-hmm. no like the quarter the future quarterback of the Bears can't be on this roster right now they have to go find something different
0: well let's run down the week 10 Sunday schedule and things get kicked off early in Frankfurt Germany Frankfurt with Patriots will take on the Indianapolis Colts. The Colts on the DraftKings Sportsbook two point favorites with a total of forty two and a half. And I'm happy for the CLV. I gave out the Colts as one of my plays on the Dream Preview at minus one, and the reason being is that the Patriots absolutely stink. They're three and thirteen <laughs> ATS in their last sixteen games. AJ, the defense has allowed thirty one or more points in three of their last six games, and Their offense is 31st in scoring, so it's not like they're doing anything offensively. But the defense, the injuries added up, right? Judon gone, Christian Gonzalez gone. So they tried to address the secondary issues by reacquiring J.C. Jackson. Well, now he's had a falling out with the team, and he didn't even make the trip to Germany. Yeah. And now you have uh, leaked footage of Bill Belichick on a ring doorbell cam leaving, uh, you know, doing a walk of shame in the morning. Things are not going right for the Patriots right now, and I'm going to fade that.
1: Yeah, I don't don't disagree. And the Colts have some positive regression coming defensively. If you look at the Colts' results defensively, you say, man, the Colts stink on defense. But the the underlying stats say they don't. They're 12th in DVOA. Uh, They should be better than they are. And really the same for offense. Uh, Gardner Minshew is eighth in QBR. Like nobody's thinking of Gardner Minshew as a a top 10 quarterback right now. It's coming. Uh, I'm not saying this Colts team is good. I'm saying they're a lot better than the Patriots right now. And only given two points on a neutral, I I still think you've got value. I I would play the Colts up to 2.5.
0: The Ravens, 6.5-point favorites over the Browns, total of 38.
1: Yeah, this to me boils down to we've got two elite defenses and one serviceable offense. Uh, The Ravens are great on both sides of the ball right now. Meanwhile, Watson was back last week for Cleveland, and the offense still looked bad. So... They were able to they were able to hit a couple deep shots against the Cardinals. That's great against one of the worst defenses in the league. That's not going to be here for them against Baltimore. So uh, the Browns lost both their starting tackles. Now, like they were already without one of their starters for the season, they lost both their guys. Now they haven't been able to run the ball at all. Deshaun doesn't do well when things are going poorly for him. When when there when he's, there's pressure or guys are, are are not not doing their jobs, it's going to be hard to do your jobs against this Ravens defense. So, um, I I, w- I worry a little about the historic Lamar struggles against man coverage, but I think this Ravens team is just too good to let a below average quarterback hang with them. As good as the Ra- as good as the Browns defense is, this offense is piss poor.
0: The under twelve and two in the Ravens last fourteen home games. So I think this uh, has a good chance to go under. The 49ers three-point favorites at the Jags, and this was my best bet on the Dream Pod: San Francisco minus three, and it all has to do with the health of Debo Samuel. He is such a difference maker for this team. The numbers are are staggering when he's on the field for them versus when he's off the field, and I don't think that it's a coincidence that the three-game losing streak coincided with the fact that they have that we're without Debo Samuel. If you look at teams that had a three game losing streak and then their bye week, that following week, they are 56.2% ATS, 76, 54, and 5. And I think that's where the 49ers fall in here. They had a bad stretch. They had the bye week to get over it. Now you're getting healthier with Debo Samuel back and you bring in Chase Young now to pair up with Bosa on that pass rush. I think the 49ers get back on track here.
1: I lean to the Niners, but I'm going with the over in this game. It's at 45, a key number. Uh, And it's mostly about these two offenses who I think are both very, very good getting back to full strength. You know, Before the bye, we were talking about Trevor Lawrence, the knees banged up. Uh, Zay Jones is practicing for the first time since week five. Mm -hmm. This was the first time this season, this week, that all five offensive linemen for the Jags were at practice they either due to injury or suspension. They haven't had all five offensive linemen at practice. They've got that now. So th- that's a big deal for them. And then obviously you mentioned Debo. I think he is so valuable to this offense. He makes it go. I think there's a reason why the 49ers offense has looked ho-hum for the last yep. few weeks. Getting him back out there is huge. These are two teams that, that San Francisco's number one in success rate per drop back. Jacksonville's number five. Recent results have have dampened what, the, what our expectations are on the, of these offenses. I think now we're, we're jumping back in on these offenses before everybody catches up. So I like over 45 in this game.
0: I can, I can jump on board with that. The Bengals, six-and-a-half-point favorites against the Texans. I'm on Houston here because I think the Bengals have a dangerous spot. I know, I know. <laughs> I think it's a dangerous spot for them looking ahead to the Ravens on a short week. They play the Ravens on Thursday night football next week. That's an important game for them. I understand everyone's like, oh, the Bengals are back. Joe Burrow's healthy now. Texans are playing well, especially as underdogs. 4-0 ATS in the last four as dogs. Three of those outright wins. C.J. Stroud, 14 touchdown passes to one interception. Forget about playing better than any other rookie. He's playing better than any other quarterback.
1: We can't say the Bengals have look-ahead, so I don't want to lay points with them, and then say I'm okay laying the points with the Ravens when they've got look-ahead to the Bengals.
0: I never said that. I said I'd take the under.
1: I'm just saying, like, it's... I I think it it works both ways. I think both these teams, I don't think anybody in that division feels like they can just take a week off. Obviously it's a very competitive division and the Bengals specifically. They had such a poor start that I don't think they can, they're going to be like, Oh, we don't need this one. Like we we were looking at next week. They three weeks ago, people thought they weren't going to make the playoffs. Like they, they looked like a, they looked like a broken team. They're certainly back offensively. Joe Burrow looks like Joe Burrow again. Uh, I, to me, this is about the number. It's six and a half. I like this. It's seven, seven and a half. I'm probably not interested. Uh, it looks like the the Bengals are getting good news about Jamar Chase, bad news about T. Higgins. So it looks like Jamar Chase trending to play, Higgins trending not to play. I mean. I think both those guys are a big deal. Obviously, I'd rather have Chase than Higgins if I had to have one. Mm -hmm. But the Texans, they're missing a lot of guys, too, right now, at least as far as practice reports go. Who knows what they'll look like on Sunday? But Will Anderson still hasn't practiced. Laramie Tunsil hasn't been practicing. These are key guys. Jonathan Grenard, who's who's one of their big pass rushers, he hasn't been practicing. So I I don't think it's fair to say that the Bengals are in worse, worse health situation than the Texans. I think they're both in a bad health situation. The Bengals defense the last three weeks though, 16 points per game, and that's against the Bills, 49ers, and Seahawks. Mm. I think they can hold these Texans in maybe, check. Un,
0: maybe under 46 and a half is the play.
1: Maybe so. I, I the look ahead of this game was eight and a half. The Bengals covered against the Bills. The Texans didn't cover against Tampa. And now it's six and a half.
0: Well, that doesn't make sense the, to me. They didn't cover. I mean, they, they, they didn't a, cover. They took a knee. They didn't after. cover. <laughs> okay. Uh, the Vikings uh, host the Saints, New Orleans, a three point road favorite at the fighting, Josh Dobbs.
1: Yeah, it bums me out because uh, on the on the podcast, I gave out Minnesota two and a half. It's yeah. one of my picks. Uh, I was with the, I was I've with got with some you bad CLV that. here. Mm-hmm. But um, I think Josh Dobbs looked awesome last week considering his, his the situation I'm he was put in. Starting
0: him in fantasy this week
1: i'm sorry for your team uh but he did a great job scrambling he put up 66 yards and a touchdown on seven carries i think that's repeatable because it's it's much different preparing for this team now with him than it was with kirk cousins it's a different team altogether the saints they're weak in two areas on defense against running quarterbacks they're the they give up the second most rush yards to quarterbacks in the league and they're weak against tight ends Last I checked, Minnesota still has a pretty good one yep. in Hawkinson. So, uh, and these two teams are basically even on defense, ninth in DVOA and tenth. Brian Flores has really done a good job turning this thing around. Um, Saints were outgained by the Bears last week. L- th- think about that. If it weren't for five turnovers, the Saints probably lose to yep. the Tyson bajent led Bears. Are they three point road favorites? Then I think not. I I, I hadn't we know actually, Minnesota's
0: got a good home field.
1: I haven't bet. Minnesota yet I think I'm going to now with a full three I think I I think it's obligatory
0: the two and a half they were an excellent teaser oh no doubt the Steelers three point home favorites over the Green Bay Packers and this was uh, a quadruple like on the podcast everyone on the Green Bay Packers
1: yeah and this is mostly I think anti-Steeler because I don't like the Packers I just don't like the Steelers laying three and a half points it's three now Probably wouldn't be a play for me, because I, 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 I feel like there's a really good chance this game lands on three. Uh, but I think the Steelers are one of the luckiest teams in the league, and there are
0: they have a lot of explosive plays. I, they're, they're, they're getting touchdowns on explosive plays, well, and that's not sustainable. Well,
1: not just that, but think about the the Ravens game where the Ravens dropped every pass that hit yeah. their hands. Think about the Browns game where the Steelers scored multiple defensive touchdowns. Like those aren't real things mm-hmm. that you can count on week to week. And then I think the drama with with Pickens uh, is a pebble problematic.
0: Pebble in our shoes.
1: But pebble in the shoe can leave a nasty – like you walk around in it all day, your, your foot hurts at the end of the day, bud. <laughs> um, but all that drama, I think – and this is the anti-Tomlin spot. We talk about Tomlin as a dog. We want Tomlin in these spots where the world says he can't win. Well, now they're saying, oh, he's going to win. He's going to win by more than a field goal. The Packers stink that's the time I want to jump in and, and fade the Steelers. So uh, they're 24th in scoring margin. I can't back them as more than a field goal favorite.
0: The Titans are at the Bucs. Tampa Bay a one-point favorite. This spread was all over it the
1: It is place. still bouncing all around. Uh, this, for me, I lean Tennessee here, but it just mostly boils down to which coach do I trust? ATS, I trust Vrabel a lot more than I trust Bowles yes, I, historically. Um, the Bucs defense, bottom five in PFF. They're only getting worse week to week. They give up 39 points to the Texans. Mm-hmm. That's, and that's, a, that's a pretty rough look, and that's a team that can't run the ball. Now you've got a Titans team that can run the ball and can throw it around. I, I don't trust his defense. I think they're falling apart. I uh, think Will
0: I, Levis and being named the starter gives the team a little juice as well. Yeah,
1: I, I like Tennessee here.
0: The Falcons are at the Cardinals. Falcons, two-point favorites, and it's Kyler Murray's time in Arizona.
1: Yeah, the offensive ceiling is certainly already lifted, um, but I, I don't know. There's too many questions for me about this game. The Cardinals defense is awful. Air, or Atlanta's defense is awful. I should want to play an over, but I, then I'm looking at Kyler Murray playing his first game with a new OC, and I'm looking at Taylor Heineke, who absolutely stinks. Um, Drake London coming back helps, but I, I, I lean over 43 and a half. I Seems don't, low. I don't think I'll have any action on this game, though. I, I hate this game.
0: The Lions are three-point favorites at the Chargers. Lions coming off a bye.
1: I'll pat myself on the back for having Lions plus one in my t- in my pocket. And Congrats. my clients have Lions plus one in their pockets, which uh, makes me feel good. But I think this is the right number now. Lions minus three is what the, n- the number should be. So, uh, Herbert. Just hasn't been good this year. Mm-hmm. Uh, he he's still protecting that finger on the on his non-throwing hand in a way that I think is is limiting him. And the Lions' offense is getting healthy. The O line's healthy. That's mm-hmm. important against that Chargers pass rush we saw last week. Looked really good against the Jets. Yeah. Um, and David Montgomery's back. That gives him another added dimension. I just don't trust the Chargers right now. Yeah, Herbert's coming off his worst game of the year against the Jets. Uh, Lions off a bye. It feels like I'd lean to them, but anything at th- at like the three-point road dog th- or road favorite thing, I- I'm out on. Uh, I think the value's out of this one.
0: It is Jared Goff indoors, though. That's true. That's a big boost. Uh, Semi-indoors, at least. Y- yeah, the Giants are at the Cowboys. Dallas, 17-point favorites. Tommy DeVito starting at quarterback for the Giants. Yeah,
1: this was my best bet on the pod at 16 and a half. I'd still play it at 17. I don't I don't know that you can adjust to how bad Tommy DeVito <laughs> is. I don't know, like, we we'll always ask Fez, what's your adjustment on this quarterback? I don't know that there is an adjustment to Tommy DeVito level. This is the same guy that got benched at Syracuse. Like, they said, ah, Schrader's better. Put him in. Mm-hmm. He, and he left. Like, this guy is just not good enough. Uh, and, and the Cowboys, this is what they do. If you've got a bad team... You've got a weakness at quarterback. They're going to beat the shit out of you. They did it to the Giants week one. What they do is they wait for a mistake, and then it snowballs. Yeah, And that's what happened in the first game against the Giants. Now you've got a quarterback who's very mistake-prone. Mm-hmm. It's going to snowball. Uh, it, they beat up the Jets with Zach Wilson. They beat them by 20. They beat Mac Jones by 35. Matt Stafford hurt his thumb. Oh, we beat the Rams by 23. This is what they do. And the Cowboys, 3-0 ATS at home their margin in those games plus 19 points per game yeah. they are blowing teams out at home so if if the giants if the giants lose this by 18 it would be the closest home game Dallas has played all year <laughs> I, I don't think that happens. I think Dallas blows the doors off these guys. So I
0: gave out Dallas in the first quarter. It was 3.5. Now it's up to 4.5. It doesn't matter the points. because 3.5 three and and half half to 4.5 and half and half doesn't do, yeah. Well, 4 does matter. Yeah, a little it's little seven, 7 to 3. three yeah. So 3.5, it actually but does that would, matter. But
1: that would require the Giants to score in the first quarter, exactly, which they don't.
0: Which they don't. The Giants are the lowest-scoring team in the first quarter of this season, averaging just one point per game in the first quarter. The Cowboys, meanwhile, the highest-scoring first-quarter team. In the NFL, over eight points per first quarter. The Giants have not scored a first quarter touchdown the entire season.
1: I would be shocked if the Cowboys aren't up two touchdowns at halftime. Mm-hmm. So if you if you're squeamish on the minus 17, I, I think you can probably look at the first half too. I, I think this is a, but I also think the Cowboys they like embarrassing the Giants. Yeah, so I think they they'll go ahead and keep doing and Dak
0: it. Dak dominates the Giants, no doubt. The Seahawks six and a half point favorites at home to the Commanders.
1: This was the last cut from my card. I like the Seahawks here. Um, they got embarrassed by Baltimore last week. The Ravens are legit. This is I, I, I said yesterday. It's like taking ankle weights off. You play the Browns defense, then you play the Ravens defense. Now you get the Commanders. Now it's like it's like Forrest Gump, those uh, those braces falling off his legs, and he just goes. <laughs> That's what the Seahawks should be able to do here. Uh, the Commanders are 4-5 and five on the season. Their scoring differential is minus 54. The Cardinals, Panthers, Patriots, and Giants are the only teams with a worse, mar- worse margin, and they all have two wins or less. This, this this Washington is pretty good thing is phony. Mm-hmm. Washington stinks. Uh Seattle solid. They're not elite. They're not in the class with the with the big boys. but they're, I mean, they're a a, a playoff team, I think. Yeah. I think they're a, a back into the playoff team. Washington's not even close to that. I think Seattle spanks them
0: Sunday Night football here in Vegas. the Jets one point favorites at the Raiders total of thirty seven. And we know now, primetime unders after last night's hit 23 and 7 on the season. I think we have another primetime under I here. I think so
1: too. The Raiders just are revitalized. They, they've got some confidence. They're celebrating. They're having fun. Devontae mm-hmm. Adams didn't touch the ball, didn't care. Because um, well,
0: I also think Antonio Pierce, uh, he's a defensive guy. So he has that defensive attitude. And I think that that's going to be the driving force of this Ra- uh, Raiders team is going to be defense.
1: This is the D'Amico Ryan's bounce. Yes, like it's not like D'Amico Ryan's a defensive guy too. But guess what? The the offense is feeling that boost as well. Like I, I, I well, really I'd rather
0: think, have CJ Stroud than Aiden O'Connell.
1: Yeah, but I think these pl- the offense like the players are excited to play for guys like like Antonio yes. Pierce and
0: fire up guy, fire guys. Yep, and, and Campbell effect.
1: Listen, I, I, how are we playing the Jets as road favorites? Hmm. The Jets, the Jets. Uh, they, The Giants had negative nine passing yards, and the Jets needed a miracle to win that game. How are we saying, yep, I picked the Jets to win the game? I, I don't see it. On the road, mm-hmm. they're favorites. It's insane to me. Uh, the Jets' offensive line is in shambles. We saw Joey Bosa have a field day. I, I think Max Crosby has a field day, too. Uh, I, I cannot in good conscience back back the Jets right now.
0: So that'll do it for our preview of Sunday Week 10 NFL Action. This show is sponsored by BetterHelp. How's your social battery right now, AJ? I know sometimes I get drained, and it could be easy to ignore H-E-L-P slash Vegas. AJ, it's important to me that the supplements that I take every single day are of the highest quality. And that's why, ever since they jumped the board as a sponsor with us, I've been drinking AG1. Because for AG1, quality isn't just a buzzword. AG1's ingredients are heavily researched for efficacy and quality,
1: Are you just reading commercials? No, man. AG1 is actually legit, and there's a reason why I drink it every single day. It just makes taking care of my health so much easier in general.
0: So if you want to replace your multivitamin and more, start with AG1. Try AG1 and get a free one-year supply of vitamin D3 plus K2 and five free AG1 travel packs with your first subscription at drinkag1.com. That's drinkag1.com. Sov, check it out.
1: Couple games in college football last night, and I—I'll be honest, I think I got a little lucky, Scott. I—I uh, I ended up making a wager on Louisville, and I played minus ten and a half in the first half. I said, eh, "Who knows? Maybe they'll—you know—Virginia will fight a little late, but I—Louisville's I, been so good early on in these games. It was seven nothing, getting late in the second block punt. Return for a touchdown. Mm. Louisville's up 14-0. Now the full game was 20-and-a-half. Virginia scores three touchdowns unanswered in the third quarter. Final score, 31-24. Louisville wins but but does not cover. First half does. Mm -hmm. And my my clients were happy about that. Uh, That's always good. And we talked about Southern Miss looking like a different team lately. Ten-point dogs, outright winners against Louisiana. So if you if you weren't taking it seriously then, I think you should start looking at Southern Miss in a different light now. 34-31 winners in overtime at Louisiana. Uh, Frank Gore, 33 carries, 158 yards, and talked, two touchdowns. Yeah, we
0: talked about he had to be involved.
1: That will get the job done. Two games on the schedule tonight. North Texas is plus 17 at SMU. I'll be honest. This, this North Texas team, the offense anyway, is not too bad. 17 is a big number. Uh, I think they can hang within that number. It's not much of a road trip from Denton over to uh, to Dallas. So I think they can hang in there. The other game, Wyoming, is plus 5.5 at UNLV. Uh, I played this game at UNLV, minus 3.5. I still like it all the way up to 6. So I, I think UNLV, like their their offense right now is just unstoppable. And yeah, well. Wyoming, much better at home than they are on the road up in Laridice. Uh Here in in Las Vegas, I, I think the Rebels uh, have the edge. All right, let's take a look at some of the games going on this weekend. The biggest game, it looks like, Michigan, minus 4.5 at Penn State. Total of 45. How are you feeling about this game at this point?
0: I think it's dog or pass because there's a lot going on off the field with, with Michigan Tons. right now that I think they don't want to be dealing with. I think the players it's you know easy for them to just say we're focused on football but they're reading the stories they're hearing everything they're being asked about this and Penn State still has an opportunity to represent this side of the Big 10 in the Big 10 championship game. They need help but they still have a chance. If they win this game against Michigan don't it doesn't that, that loss to Ohio State doesn't matter. If they beat Michigan here and then Michigan beats Ohio State and forces a three-way tie, it's going to come down to their cross-division opponents' records yeah. to see who can get into the Big Ten championship game. And right now, Penn State has a tiebreaker. Yeah. So, and it might, Thanks to
1: Iowa, that might change. It
0: might change, yes. But right now, like it, it, it could play out this way. So Penn State still has everything in front of them This is their championship game. Because you know what? Even if they don't make it to the Big Ten title game, let's say Ohio State does beat Michigan. Well, you beat Michigan in this game. You finish second in the Big Ten West or East. And all of a sudden, you're going to a New Year's Six Bowl game as a top ten team in the country when it's all said and done. I, I think it's, it's dog or pass here.
1: I like the under. Penn State's hit two explosive. Two plays of 40 yards or more all season long. Yeah. Zero runs of 40 yards or more. Uh, Michigan's defenses look great, although they haven't played anybody all year. But uh, Penn State's offense is just not very explosive. Mm-hmm. Uh, Michigan. And these are
0: the top two defenses in the country.
1: They want to go slow. Both these teams, mm-hmm. 45 and a half. Again, get it under that key number. It, it, like 45 is such a key number in college football. So to have it at 45 and a half, being able to play under, I like that a lot. Uh, let's look at Utah, plus eight and a half. At Washington, uh, we've talked about the home road splits for Utah. Yeah. They are extreme. Washington not looking great lately, but it feels like at home they're going to put up points. Can Utah keep up? And on the road, I I feel like the answer is probably not.
0: This is the best defense that Washington's going to face. Uh, all season. Oh, I, I and them in Oregon. But yeah, you know, I was gonna say Utah, Oregon's pretty good. And Utah they, ranks they put up points very, on Oregon. They did. Utah ranks very highly as well. Though. And Barnes, I think, got a lot of confidence last week. He's playing a lot better. Uh, I think Utah can hang early, but I do feel like Washington pulls away. I, I don't feel comfortable betting Utah as much as I'd like to. I think Washington does eventually pull away, but maybe a Utah first half play. Maybe they hang with them for a little bit, and then the, the Washington offense puts up a couple of scores that Utah just can't come back from.
1: Utah, 15 points per game on the road.
0: Yeah, and they're a different team.
1: They're I mean, it's team. night night and day. Mm-hmm. Tennessee at Missouri, Tennessee minus 1.5, total of 57 here. Um, I, I lean to the under. Uh, there's questions about Luther Burden's health. Uh, you know, I, I was talking to somebody about this, and it makes sense. Tennessee was on their SEC buy last week mm. against Connecticut, and Mizzou played Georgia. Like you, you talk about having to back these teams after they play a really physical game, it's very difficult. I, I wanted to play Mizzou here. I think I'm just going to end up passing though.
0: What about the over?
1: Again, I liked the under. It's down now though. I liked it at fifty eight and a half. It's at fifty seven now. I, I, I don't know. I don't. I don't have a feel for it because if Burdens out. But I don't know that Missouri gets a bunch going, okay. you know, so I, I'm, I'm probably going to stay away from this game altogether. I want to ask you about a total, though. Sure. The lowest total in the history of college football. Rutgers <laughs> is plus one at Iowa. The total in this game, the full game total, is 28 and a half.
0: So money, money has come in on the over. Because it has to. <laughs> Caesar, Who can bet the under there? Like Caesars actually opened this at 27, to 27 geez, and man. a half. And 28 is the lowest of any game since 2000, right? It's the lowest game. It's the first game under 30 in any of, like, the, uh, databases, e- yeah. the databases or whatever. Caesars, um, you know, Vegas, uh, Caesars odd, odds maker, Craig Muckalo said, quote, I looked through my database and I couldn't find the number in the 20s.
1: Think about this. Every year, Army, Navy goes under. And every year they're like, well, we can't set the total any lower. But then they, it's like, oh, Rutgers in Iowa, random game? Yeah, let's set it 27 and a half. Yeah. Like, you could set Army-Navy lower if you wanted. It's they, it's like just the, don't it's want like, to. Like
0: we're going to make it 30 and a half. Yeah. We're going to make it 31. We
1: can't go below 30. No. Well, yeah, clearly you can. Uh, what would you play if you if you had to? Rutgers. Rutgers plus the one?
0: Yeah. Uh, I, I just think that. Defensively, the both teams are great. But what Rutgers does better than Iowa is Rutgers creates havoc. They force turnovers. They come up with big plays on special teams. Both these teams are great in special teams because yeah, Iowa has
1: like the best punter in the world. So does Rutgers.
0: They they both rank Seventh and fourth in special team efficiency. Like yeah, the Best special teams in the country. I think Rutgers' defense, though, can force a turnover. I think Kyle Manungai can break a long run. He's more of a home run threat, uh, in my opinion. So I like Rutgers in this game because, it, listen, both offenses are so terrible.
1: Yeah. But, uh, I've got, I'm not going to be, here. yeah. It will take up zero of my time. I can tell you that right now. Uh, Ole Miss plus 11 at Georgia, total of 58 here. I think there's a path for Ole Miss. I I think they have to go outside the Lane Kiffin box. Like Lane Mm. Kiffin, historically, all he wants to do is score fast, score fast, score fast. I think if you play some ball control in this game, Ole Miss can hang around with them. Uh, Ole Ole Miss has probably the best running offense they've had since he's been there. Maybe one of the better defenses that they've had. Ole Miss ran pretty well against Texas A&M last week, and Texas A&M might have a better run defense than Georgia. Uh, I I think they can run the ball. I think if they can control some clock, looking at this Georgia team that doesn't get a lot of margin this year, I think they can hang around. And if they're hanging around late, it's not crazy to think Ole Miss could win this game, in my opinion.
0: well, It's just you're you're bucking history here. Sure. Because uh, Georgia has not lost a home night game since 2009, and it's a 26-game overall winning streak. They haven't lost a home game since 2019. And Ole Miss has not beaten a top-five team on the road since 2015. Yeah. So you're bucking history here if you think Ole Miss is going to pull an upset. Uh, no
1: doubt. I don't think they're going to pull an upset. I think they can win. I think they can hang in this game, though. And I think an upset is absolutely possible. Okay. Uh, all right, let's look at USC plus 15-and-a-half at Oregon. Total, the anti-Rutgers in Iowa total,
0: 75-and-a-half. <laughs> Get him a body bag. Uh, That's how I feel about it. The USC team, they're
1: dead. I think so too, but for some reason, they're taking money because this was up to 16 and a half, now it's 15 and a half.
0: Don't
1: care. I I just think Oregon's on a mission, they like they are smashing everybody, and USC is there to be smashed. Uh, I I think USC's quit. My power rating numbers don't get this to you know to where I want it. My power ratings have this at 12 on a Mm -hmm. neutral. I guess 15 and a half or I'm not going to give Oregon three and a half for home, but it's getting close. At least yep. it was 17 at one point And I was like, I just can't get there. Uh, I, I played the look ahead on this game, Oregon minus 13, feeling pretty good about that. I think two touchdowns is almost a lock that they covered that. But once you get to two touchdowns, mm-hmm. USC starts to roll over a little bit. I, I could see this getting really ugly.
0: Uh, Bo Nix is right there with Michael Penix for the Heisman trophy. They're the two favorites to win the award. And if you look at the schedules for both the teams, right? Yeah, they both play ranked opponent. Well, Utah's a ranked opponent. USC is not. But they're both playing nationally televised games on Fox this week. And then Washington's at Oregon State next week, which is the Saturday night ABC game. So that's a big-time national profile game for Michael Penix to show out for the Heisman voters. Whereas – Oregon will have Oregon State in the final week, but that's going to be a, you know, I guess it's a regular, it's a Fox game.
1: and That's going to be a tough game for that's Oregon. That's going to be a tough
0: game as well. But against USC.
1: This is your chance.
0: Draws national attention.
1: This is your chance to put up big numbers, exactly. too. Exactly. Yeah.
0: And so if Bo Nix wants to win the Heisman Trophy, this is the game in which he separates himself from Michael Penix.
1: All right, Scott, let's hear your best bet for this week on college football.
0: I'm going to go with the derivative here, and it's Kentucky in the first quarter, plus three and a half points against Alabama. Alabama hasn't played a noon Eastern road game since last year's game against Texas, and in their early kickoff this year, they struggled against Arkansas. They fell behind 6-0. They scored in the final minute of the first quarter to make it a 7-6 game, but I think it could be a sleepy start for Alabama coming off that LSU blowout win. Kentucky averages 8.5 points per first quarter this season. They're only allowing 3.9 points per first quarter. Alabama scoring only 6.1 points per first quarter, and they're allowing more, 4.7 in the first quarter. I think this is a Kentucky opportunity here. Maybe they don't upset Alabama. They're big on their dogs for a reason. But Alabama has played one-score games in the, into the fourth quarter in 17 of their last 22 SEC games, which means they're playing in close games in conference. It's an unfamiliar opponent from the SEC East in Kentucky. It's an early start time. I'll take north of a field goal in the first quarter.
1: I'm going to go for my best bet, Temple, plus 7.5 at South Florida. Temple won this game 54-28 last year. This is a bad South Florida team. This is a team that shouldn't be laying points, uh, especially big points. This is a different team with EJ Warner on the field for Temple as well. Kurt Warner's son makes a big difference for them. Temple looks – they look. if you look at their overall metrics for the season, eh, it's pretty weak on offense. Three or four games without EJ Warner, you take those games out, it's like all of a sudden, man, this is a pretty decent offense here. Temple, South Florida, this this is a, a, a rare spot for South Florida. South Florida has been favored at home three times in the last two years. They're 0-3 ATS. The, the last time they were home favorites this year, minus three at Florida Atlantic. They got beat by 42 points. Both these teams are pretty bad on defense. I accept that. Only one of them uh, has EJ Warner. And right now, I love what EJ Warner is doing. Give me Temple, plus 7.5, more than a touchdown. Give me Temple here for my best bet.
0: Just two games in the NBA last night. Pacers edged the Bucks 126-124, despite 54 points from Giannis in a game that the total opened at 243.5, highest of the year, sixth highest total ever. It closed at 239.5, so everyone was betting the under. And it goes over with 250 points scored.
1: Unbelievable. And when one guy scores 50-something, it's, yeah. it, you
0: can see why. That's going to help. And the other game last night, part of the NBA's international games, the game played in Mexico City, the Hawks edged the Magic 120-119, 41 points from Trey Young as they both teams put on a show there for the fans in Mexico City.
1: Okay, today is Friday. Today is Friday. Does that mean these games are in in season tournament games? Yes. It All is right. Game
0: 2. These games matter. For the in-season
1: <laughs> tournament. These are serious this is serious business now. These games matter. All right, Sixers minus 8 at the Pistons. This is their both teams first game in Group A. Oh, they're popping their cherry tonight. Charlotte Hornets. Two-point dogs at the Wizards' total of 242.
0: Charlotte's first game in Group B. The Wizards lost their first game in Group B.
1: Desperation here. Yeah,
0: you can't fall behind.
1: All right. The Brooklyn Nets plus 10 and a half at the Celtics total of 224 and a half.
0: It's the Celtics' first group game, but the Nets, they won their first group game, so they're 1 0. They're in first place in Group C. All
1: right. The Timberwolves are minus six and a half at San Antonio total 225 and a half.
0: And right now, both teams, no games. This is their first game in Group C.
1: The Pelicans two point dogs at the Rockets total of 217. First game for both of them in group B. Jazz plus four and a half at the Grizzlies 229 and a half your total.
0: It's the Jazz first game but the Grizzlies dropped their first game. They're 0 and 1 in group A.
1: Good matchup here. Clippers plus two at Dallas total of
0: 233. Dallas lost their first game. The Clippers have not played a group B game yet but we've been fading the Clippers with the whole James Harden thing. They're 0 and 2 since Harden made his debut.
1: I think this may be my NBA play for today is Dallas. Yep. Dallas minus two. Uh, the Lakers plus three and a half at Phoenix. Both
0: teams first game in Group A.
1: Oklahoma City minus two and a half at Sacramento.
0: OKC lost their first game in Group C. Sacramento, this is their first game.
1: So there's your card for Friday and like we said, Tuesdays and Fridays in this entire month no, yep. these games matter. These are the in-season tournament
0: group stage games. It's yes.
1: very but very very important stuff.
0: Right now the Bucks are the favorite to win the in-season tournament at +500, Celtics +600, Nuggets +650 and the Warriors, my pick, 10 to 1. College basketball four top 25
1: teams in action last night. No major upsets. Baylor 98-70 winners over John Brown, Michigan State 74-51 winners over Southern Indiana. USC gets a win and a cover. Good for me. 85-59 over Cal State Bakersfield. And St. Saint, Saint Mary's, 72, New Mexico, 58. New Mexico without Jalen House last night and looked like they did not have a chance without him on the floor. We've got some good games tonight.
0: Yeah, Villanova against LeMoyne.
1: That's a made-up school. <laughs> I was thinking more. Arizona at Duke. Duke minus four and a half here. This is going to be a fun game. Arizona... A lot different looking team. Uh, They're going to be a wait and watch team for me. They lost a bunch of guys from last year's squad. The additions though, Jaden Bradley, Kashad Johnson and Caleb Love from UNC, a guy Duke fans will be familiar with. They should give them a boost. Uh, They just don't have any outside shooting on this roster. Between Johnson and Omar Balo, I think they're going to be able to limit Duke on the glass, which is the first thing you need to do to beat Duke. But the roster is very similar for Duke to a year ago. Tyrese Proctor, Jeremy Roach, uh, Kyle Filipowski. Playing at home – well, it's not a home game, I guess. It is a home game. I'm sorry. Playing at home, I prefer the the team who's had time together and not just their smash job against Dartmouth, like actual meaningful games last year. I think Arizona is going to get there. I don't think it's yet. Early on, I'll probably look to Duke here.
0: Yeah, I like Duke as well.
1: Uh, Tennessee is – At Wisconsin in the Kohl Center, and Badgers scored 105 points in their first game against Arkansas State. That's the Wisconsin Badgers basketball team scoring 105 points. They hadn't scored 100 points in a game since 2018. Mm -hmm. I don't believe it's real, though. Uh, Not against Tennessee, it's not going to be real. This is the same starting five Wisconsin had last year. A A lot of stuff coming back for them. My guess is against a respectable defense, Wisconsin goes back to being Wisconsin. Take the air out of the ball, shorten the game. Tennessee's always defense first. That shouldn't change this year. They've been top five in Ken defensive rating the last three years. They were number one last year. Josiah Jordan James, elite wing defender. Jonas Adu, elite rim protector. Ziegler, uh, Vescovy, both plus defenders in the backcourt. I lean to Tennessee because I liked them more last year. But I think the best look on this game is the under. Wisconsin being an offensive juggernaut just can't be a thing. So under 134.5 feels like a good number to me. That's what I'll be looking at in this one.
0: Let me ask you about Gonzaga hosting Yale. They're 13.5-point favorites. It's their first game of the season. I know Ryan Nimhardt is back for them, but is this a Gonzaga team that, much like years past, is going to be blowing teams out, especially against lesser competition? I do not think
1: so. I haven't seen them on the floor yet, so this is their first game, so it's hard to know exactly what they're going to look like. But roster-wise, this is probably the weakest roster they've had in five, six years. So it's going to be – they're a well-coached team. It's just going to take some work from Mark Few to get this team looking sharp. I don't want to lay big numbers with them early.
0: Biggest story in the NHL last night was the Sharks winning their second straight game, beating the Oilers 3-2. And I tweeted out last night, this is officially rock bottom for the Edmonton Oilers. Oilers are now 2-9-1 on the season. Woof. The San Jose Sharks, AJ, 2-10-1. The Oilers are just as bad. as the San- They have the same amount of points as the San Jose Sharks.
1: Are they just as bad or are they worse is the question.
0: It's this the Oilers were the Stanley Cup favorites before the season. They were one of the favorites to win the Stanley Cup. But I'm saying if
1: if they were if they're the same, but they've got a head-to-head matchup, it's It's hard to say.
0: It it's it really is shocking what's going on here with the Edmonton Oilers. You know, they like I said, were Stanley Cup favorites at the beginning of the season. This past week, they put their goaltender Jack Campbell on waivers. And I thought that would send the message to the team that despite how much money you make no one's safe, like there could be household changes. They did not respond to that. And they laid an egg in San Jose last night. And I don't know what is the next step for the Oilers. Is it parting ways with Jay Woodcroft as their head coach? Uh, I don't know. I don't know what the move is now. But for a team that had such, such high expectations of like I said, being a Stanley Cup contender, to now see them start the season with just two wins, and they have dropped down to plus eighteen hundred to win the Stanley Cup. That is two, four, six, eight, ten. They are the eleventh favorite, which right now, based on their record, probably still too high. Yeah. Let's take a look at your schedule for this Friday evening. The Wild are at the Sabers, Buffalo. A minus-120 favorite. It's the second of a back-to-back for Minnesota. They lost in New York to the Rangers 4-1 last night. Boy, the Rangers are playing really good hockey. You're looking at these odds to win the Stanley on the Cup. They're 11-1. That's incredible value for how good the Rangers are playing right now. Uh, Flames are at the Maple Leafs. Toronto. A minus 150 favorite. Hurricanes are at the Panthers. Carolina is minus 130. Capitals at the Devils. New Jersey, minus 175. Devils still playing without Jack Hughes. The Sharks playing the second out of a back-to-back after two straight wins. Can't possibly win here. You know why? Are here in Vegas to take (laughs) on the Golden Knights. VGK, minus 425.
1: Do I dare risk every unit I've made in hockey this season to win one on UGK?
0: We have a Vegas team coming off of back to back losses. losses. We have a Sharks team coming off of back to back wins.
1: And we got to lay 425. And
0: you got to lay 425.
1: I don't think I'm going to play this game, Scott.
0: Now, the only. Not only. There's a lot of advantages that Vegas has over the Sharks. (laughs) Like better players. Like much better. But. Sit, it will Mackenzie Blackwood played really well last night in net for the Sharks. He made 39 saves against the Oilers and in the win against the Flyers. It was also Mackenzie Blackwood in net, and he made 38 saves in that. So he appears to be the, you know, might be taking over as the top guy. Like, that's two really good performances in a row for Mackenzie Blackwood. But because this is the second of a back-to-back, probably not going to be Mackenzie Blackwood in net for the uh, Sharks. It'll be Kapo Kokkinen, who has posted an O and 4 record so far this season with a 4.3 goals against average. Not like Blackwood's, you know, two and six is better, but still two and zero in his last two, two and zero in his last two. <laughs> Kockinen, uh though, oh and four, and Logan Thompson likely a net for the Knights. Five and one with a two three one goals against average. Yeah, four twenty five. Well, let's do it. I mean, why not? Uh, one other game: the Flyers are at the Ducks, and it's a it's a split minus one ten both ways. Uh, Ducks are the on that one for me.
1: UFC two ninety five tomorrow, Scott. I am, for one, stoked about this card. Like I was going th- when I put my card together for my clients, there are so many fights that are like minus one twenty, plus one hundred. Like these are well matched fights. Mm-hmm. I'm used to digging through the minus twelve hundreds and trying to make something work, uh, but they they did me right this week. There's some really competitive matchups here. Uh, the the two big fights, the two title fights. Both lined within twenty cents of each other. I mean, I mean these are like plus one twenty even money, and then I think minus one fifteen, minus one o five. Like, just really good stuff. I'm gonna go with another one, and all this though this one to get it close. You got to go by a prop, and I'm gonna go Jamal Emers by decision for my best bet here. Emers is not the most fun fighter to watch, but he's effective. He's a massive featherweight. Uh, he's got a grimy wrestling game and does a good job of avoiding offense. He doesn't eat a lot of shots on the feet for a guy who doesn't really lay, dish out a lot himself either. But uh, his opponent, Dennis Bazucha, sh- he hasn't really got anything going in, in the UFC, it, which his first fight happened to be against another massive featherweight. I think that's part of why. His game couldn't get rolling against a massive featherweight in Sean Woodson. Emmers is better than his two-and-three record shows. He's fought nothing but solid guys, and only one of his fights hasn't gone the distance his two losses that went the distance both split decisions this guy is right there on the cusp of breaking out i think he breaks out here jamal emmer's by decision minus 115 my best bet for ufc 295
0: you know there's no uh there's no v parlay opportunity here there's only one fight with a fighter that his name ends in v and he's fighting another fighter whose name ends in v so v
1: versus v the v uh, versus borishev sadakov
0: yeah so you know what there's no V parlay for this UFC event. Now, for those of you who are tuning in here to SOV for the first time and are saying, "What, are you, what the hell are you talking about, Scott?" I jokingly gave out a an eight or seven leg parlay <laughs> on one of the previous UFC cards, and I said, "We're going to bet every fighter whose last name ends in V," and they all won. Yeah, it cashed.
1: That was brilliant.
0: <laughs> the parlay. Cash. I wish you would have been serious about it. You we, you'd be rich. We will, we will, we will continue to look for those parlays. Nothing here. Uh, although, if you do look at uh, Borishev? Bor-
1: she- Bor- Borishev, yeah.
0: You know his first name ends in a V. Yeah. So maybe. Vlacheslav. That's, maybe that's the way They to call look. him Slava Clause. Oh, wow. That's fantastic. <laughs> we got a great offer for you right now at pregame.com. It's the weekend, and a lot of you instead of getting one daily best bet for $25 or you don't want to commit to a full season-long subscription package, you like doing a weekender all-access. Weekender all-accesses go for $89. Well, we have another option for you at Pregame.com. It's the seven-day all-access package, and that's $119. And what that is is you get seven days of every play from your favorite pregame pro. It's just like the weekender package, except it's for seven days. Well, if you go to pregame.com right now, choose a seven-day all-access. So those of you that are listening and you say, I like to do the weekender package, here's what I'm going to tell you to do. I understand it's Friday and you want to do the weekender package. Don't do the weekender package. Choose the seven-day all-access. Because if you use the promo code WEEK30, W-E-E-K 30, not week like weak or strong, week like in days of the week, week 30. That'll give you $30 off the seven-day all-access package. So if you subtract 30 from the 119, that's 89, which means you get the seven-day all-access for the same price as, as the weekend. Oh, yeah, that's a good deal. So if you're listening here on Friday morning and this is your plan, say, you know what? I don't like doing the season long. I don't like just picking one sport. I like just doing, you know, I like AJ's picks for the entire weekend because this way I get UFC, I get college football, I get the NFL, and I'm happy. College or, basketball
1: too now. Exactly. Or I and like, my f- on-fire hockey and NBA plays. I don't go. like to brag. But.
0: Or I like Scott's plays for the weekend. I want all of his hockey, three and one last night, plus like six units. That's okay. Um, and and I want to get his college football, maybe an NFL prop. Like, I, don't buy the weekender package. Use the promo code Week Thirty and get an entire week, a seven-day all-access package for the same price as the Weekender. Again, the promo code is Week Thirty. Use it at Pregame.com. For AJ Hoffman, I'm Scott Seidenberg. We are straight out of Vegas. At